0: everyone. Welcome to the Ladies of Kamikaze podcast, where in each episode, we tackle different aspects of popular culture, including gaming, comics, movies, and more. We talk about what works, what doesn't, and our vision of a more inclusive space for everyone. In this episode, recorded in October 2019 at Jewelry City Steampunk Festival, Tracy sat down with three of the top women in the Massachusetts steampunk scene to discuss what steampunk is and how to get into this growing community. On with the podcast. Hello, this is Tracy, otherwise known as Lady Dicecorn, and welcome to the Ladies Podcast. Today, we're on the road at the Jewelry City Steampunk Festival in Alibro, Mass., about 10 miles from where I grew up to experience this festival, talk and show off comics, themed board games, board and card games, and play trivia games for Dice. Oh, and I can't wait to shop. There are many genres in pop culture that are experiencing a popularity boost lately, and one such genre is steampunk. I'm so lucky today to have Heather Rockwell from Jewelry City Steampunk, Melissa Hoenig from Watch City, thank you, um, steampunk, and Megan Coda from Citizens of Antiford. We are going to talk about what steampunk is, good entryways into the genre, the depiction of women in steampunk, and what we think the future of steampunk is and learn a little bit more about the amazing groups that these women belong to and are organizers and creators of. So first of all, I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit more about yourself, and what it is about steampunk that you love.
1: Hey, I'm Megan Foda. I'm with the Cis- Citizens of Antifert. Um We're a collaborative writing group. Um, and I love history and steampunk, so- that science fiction based in history.
2: My name is Melissa Honig, I'm lead organizer of the Watch City Steampunk Festival, a free outdoor steampunk themed festival that will be taking place in Waltham, Massachusetts on Saturday, May 9th of 2020, <laughs> and um, I, love, I love the aesthetic of steampunk, I love that mashup of that, that old, you know, the brass and leather and, and gears and, and the science fiction and ray guns and i love the the creativity of it there's really not like one true this is the official way to do steampunk you can always put your own spin on it
3: hi i'm heather rockwood i'm the festival director for jewelry city steampunk festival where we are today so i'm really excited to have you all here Um, my favorite thing about steampunk is that it's really make believe for adults that we get to um, create and imagine our own kind of retro future Um, we get to make things we get to be creative and uh, costume and build and I think it's just a fun culture to be a part of and um, everybody I've met that does steampunk is just super fun and really creative and really imaginative and it's
0: just a, a fun place to be when you have a steampunk day. Awesome, and I, going back to what you said about no one true way, mm-hmm. like I'm oh, yeah. a, I'm an RPG player, and everyone has like their one true wayism about something. And one of the things I love about steampunk is yes, there is no one way, like. Yeah. Nobody, I've never heard anyone say, you're doing it wrong, which is wonderful. <laughs> I'm
2: sure there's somebody who will tell
0: you you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's I wore so comfortable honest. shoes today. I'm sure somebody has, you know. Oh, no. I did not do my boots because um, of the amount of running around. But, okay, so I'm going to start off with an easy question, maybe. If someone were to ask you what steampunk is, what what kind of answer would you give them in two sentences? <laughs>
2: my, Go ahead. Mine is... Uh, what did Victorians think the future was going to look like, and what if that's the future that came true and we lived in the world of H.G. Wells and Jules Verne? Yeah. That's a <laughs>
3: good go one.
1: I was like, Sorry <laughs> <not.">
3: <laughs> I usually uh, say very similarly, um, you know, the idea is retro future. What would Victorians think futuristic
1: technology look like using steam and go?
3: Yeah.
1: Um, so I'm I'm typically a panelist, so I have sort of a canned answer for this. <laughs> um, so steampunk is a retrofuturistic, anachronistic science fiction and fantasy subgenre that uses technologies and cultures of the Industrial Revolution era as its key ingredient. So we talk about a lot of Victorian because as Westerners, uh, the Victorian era was really the big Industrial Re- Revolution that that time period. But its I should note that it's not limited to, you know, white, English-speaking Americans or people from the UK. It's industrial revolutions in China, in Japan, in Africa, in Australia. All of these, you know, cultures and uh, technologies that really bring steampunk that sort of uh, flavor and interest, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can do
2: alternate histories. What if the Chinese settled California before (laughs) their whites did? You You can can play with all kinds of things
0: like that. I fell down a little rabbit hole last night when I was like, okay, what do I wear? Because I don't have a specific steampunk costuming or cosplay. So I was like, what do I wear? And then I'm online, and I fell down that rabbit hole of, like, eastern steampunk and you know Chinese steampunk and that was so cool yeah um so it was a rabbit hole that I fell down way too late at night and I had to <laughs> stop but um it's something I definitely want to look into a little more that costume is so gorgeous mm-hmm. so um I really love when I see somebody wearing um kimono steampunk yeah they
3: have the long beautiful flowing sleeves and a tight corset yeah. and they still have that that aesthetic of the the very round body, even with the corset on and It's just so beautiful.
0: Yeah, I just want to learn more. Now, if you were to recommend a piece of media, a book, podcast, movie, TV show, to give people an entryway into steampunk and to kind of start immersing themselves into the the genre, what would it be and why? I I have
3: one, um, which was kind of my... Um, first thing when I was looking at steampunk which was um, the book Solus by Gail Carriger. It's part of the it's the first book in the series of the um, Parasol Protectorate and it's the first thing I read and I went yes I like this and it was after actually going to the Watch City Steampunk Festival where I first got my immersion into steampunk Um, but it was a really great way to kind of learn the tropes and it was still uh, very much in the wheelhouse of science fiction and fantasy, and there's werewolves and there's vampires, and um, she, in fact, does not have a soul, so it's mostly about her character and how does she get a soul, or why doesn't she have a soul, and so um, it's it's both a mystery and an adventure, and um, it's a big series, and I actually just discovered that um, Gail Carriger then wrote characters that are her children, so... I'm really excited to further carry on and read those, so um, I think that's a good place to start if people want to dip their toes into steampunk and don't know where to go.
2: Um, I'm trying to think. Like, there's a
3: couple of movies that are definitely
2: steampunk. They're not necessarily good movies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, but we've been kind of looking for what does it look like, um, The League of, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Wild Wild West. <laughs> uh, well, the movie is not that great, but also if you can find the original Wild Wild West, the, the 1960s Black Mountain TV series, I think that's kind of part of the DNA of steampunk that a lot of people watching, because that was, for those who don't know, it was kind of a spy show in the 60s, which is the height of the James Bond era, yeah. but also very popular westerns at that time. And so somebody said, what if we mash them two together? So it's like spies with James Bond gadgets, but in the Old West. And I think that's part of the DNA that has gone into to modern steampunk.
0: Um, I do know that there are some old Wild Wild Wests on YouTube. Okay. So you can't find them many places, but I do know uh, that they are there. Just on
2: another movie that is more modern, it's also a better movie. Is Hugo? Yes,
3: oh,
0: love
2: Hugo. Great movie. Which is?
3: He lives in a clock. Yes, a <laughs> oh, boy who lives in a clock tower. <laughs>
2: and has an, and finds an automaton
0: that, that can you know which is a mechanical man that can mm-hmm. do things i love um the robot servant helper mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the the it, it that that makes me happy and everything and and we've been reading a lot of atomic robo in my house mm-hmm. um which does have some steampunk in it and it was interesting to see why robo was created and what he came of him as he went through his mm-hmm. life cycle. So, in, in when he joins forces with Tesla to fight Thomas Edison, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, um,
1: and my recommendation would definitely be Girl Genius. Oh, yes! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, indie comic, web comic. Uh, it, they have made books, so if you're more into print, there are books available. But um, just being a mad scientist, you know, crazy contraptions, cool adventures, and uh, very women-centric, it's, yeah. a, it's a great place to even just get started. And for other visual media, um, Steam Boy, if you're into mm-hmm. anime, it's a very tropey, cool adventure that focuses around, like, this crazy steam ball engine, and everybody's trying to get it, it's like a wild goose chase, and it's... Silly and fun
0: and awesome. So I don't know if you've seen the picture that I posted last night on our ladies' social media, but I had taken a picture of the stuff I was bringing to put up later at our booth to kind of show off games and comic books and, and RPGs that are very steampunk centric. One of the things I had was a Mickey Mouse steampunk graphic novel. (laughs) Are you concerned now that it seems a little bit more mainstream about it eventually jumping the shark or that it's going to become too saturated in popular culture that it kind of diminishes what it is now?
2: Listen, a few years ago, Justin Bieber did a steampunk theme music <laughs> video. Justin Bieber was capable of killing steampunk. Steampunk deserved to die. <laughs> it survived. It survived. I mean, yeah. You go into the pop-up Halloween stores right now, and there's Disney, steampunk you know, yeah. you know, goggles and hats and other courses. And I'm
1: not concerned about it being more mainstream because that's the way people find out about it. Yeah. That... They're like, well, I love these top hats and goggles and mad science, and where can I get more of it? And then they find the actual literature and comics and movies that are... And festivals. And festivals and other people in this community, because if there wasn't, you know, that top hat at Walmart for Halloween, it may not, like, they might not have known that they liked that genre, so...
0: Do you notice a lot more kids getting into steampunk because their parents are? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Jewelry
3: City is a really family-friendly festival as well as Watch City. And we notice more and more families all come dressed up together. And we think it's just, I mean, um, so in my welcome speech this morning, I even said, that my daughter, who's six, um, she gets dragged to all these festivals that I go to with uh, with my husband, and um, she says to me, uh, "Mama, we're a steampunk family." Um, oh, and that's I, so sweet. Yeah, I think that's just. I think it's just great that. The, you know, the next generation is kind of picking up on the likes and dislikes of, of their parents and getting really into things like that. And I'm sure when she's a preteen, she'll hate it. But for <laughs> now, she really likes it. And um, we're having a lot of fun with it together. Yeah.
0: And honestly, one of the things that we're seeing, like we do, board I do a ladies board game day in Somerville, um, the ELS game day. And one of the things we're noticing now is a lot of parents who are gamers, mm-hmm. their kids are getting into gaming and that's the future of our hobby. Yes. Um, and so, what's really nice about having these family friendly events is that kids get into it early and understand that it is okay. Like, I mean, there was, I I discovered uh, Watch City when I was in college because I went to LaSalle College in Newton. <laughs> and so, I would go down, and it was wonderful because when we were kids, it wasn't really socially acceptable to be a geek. And so, being there and being around people who love the same things I do it was just so comfortable and wonderful so it's 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 nice that we're able to have this and have this be kind of more normal than when we were when we were
2: I think nerd and and geek culture is overall normalizing you know what, what are the biggest movies at the theater Marvel. Yes. You know. NDC, Star, Star, War. War. Star <laughs> Wars. Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. You know. Uh go on YouTube. You can find any number of people
3: playing Dungeons and Dragons exactly. live for yes. your entertainment. And, and, and Nerd Stars playing Dungeons and Dragons.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. People who are who are big stars. You know, Vin Diesel <laughs> plays Dungeons
0: and Dragons. Joe Mangiliano, Mangiliano huh. yeah. had made his wine cellar into a giant le- legitimate Dungeon that you can go and play D and D in, (laughs) and it's just it's just funny to see stuff that we were maybe mocked for as teenagers, as young kids, be more mainstream, and it's wonderful too because we know that, like I know that my son is growing up in a world where Captain Marvel exists Mm. and where Girl Genius exists because we do read that together. Because we, I don't know if you know this, but there is a game. A oh, girl wow. genius card game, and it's oh. fantastic, and yeah, I love that, it, and I, I have it. <laughs> you can come by and visit. I brought it with me. Um, but it, I think that's wonderful. And looking at steampunk has always been to me like the more inclusive genre. Like I, I can find things where there is a strong female character who does really awesome stuff. Not putting aside that there are a couple problematic comics, <laughs> um, and 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 I'm going to lump. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in that one with Minka and and, and her storyline, because that is one of the first ones I've ever, I read, and it was not very comfortable in places. But we're going to chat a little bit about the depiction of women in steampunk. What do you think of the depiction of women in steampunk? What can, what needs to be done to make it, if anything, to make it more inclusive?
3: Well, I mean, steampunk is pretty inclusive when you're in person. Um, I think the The problems are when you know media is created by people, and mm-hmm. people are flawed, yeah. and um, so some people have certain ideas of culture, and they put those ideas into their creations. And unfortunately, some of those ideas are not very women friendly, and they they get uh, really put in there. Um, I, I have one example of. You know, women's depiction in steampunk at being very negative, although I believe it's it's mostly positive because a lot of steampunk media is created by women. But when I was first starting Jewelry City and I went to um, one of the venues that did, did sign on, and um, they're one of our venues today, they said the board member went online and looked up steampunk women and saw many pictures of just women in corsets and nothing else. And they went, oh, no, we're not a part of that because that's not OK. Then when I, I showed them, you know, well, this is really what steampunk is. That's, that's the media's depiction of steampunk. This is what steampunk really is. And it's really very family friendly and women friendly and um, very, very appreciative and welcoming. And, but unfortunately that is the depiction that when people look up steampunk women, it's, it's naughty and not appropriate. And um, unfortunately that is one of the problems um, with the depictions of women today um, in general, and then specifically in steampunk, and, and that's really only my biggest concern. I really think that steampunk women, and I'm giving a talk on steampunk women later today, are depicted in books and comic books as much more brave and authentic and fully realized people. Um, but that's not that we what we see online.
1: Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Is that within steampunk media that has been made by people who love steampunk? Or are in the steampunk community it's definitely much more positive images of women that women aren't you know oh no i'm going to faint on the couch because my corset is too tight it's more <laughs> you know well i'm a scientist and i deserve a, a, a place at the table because this is what i've invented or this is what i've discovered and especially because steampunk is really um that uh, man versus nature and the like discovery of science is a huge underlying theme so you find women in in positions that um are are challenging and whatnot in a lot of steampunk media but i feel like outside looking in steam the steampunk aesthetic is very easy to make Sexual, yep. and that's definitely not what well, steampunk ladies are like. No. No. <laughs> that's what you're into. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. We're not yeah. coaching
2: yeah. but that's not you're not going to see that here at our at our outdoor family friendly festivals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, a little naughty, naughty. Um, but um, uh, I think it's you know, kind of particularly in, in the literature, you know what's what's your ratio of of history to mm-hmm. steampunk mm-hmm. you know are, are you writing a story about a woman struggling against the constraints of her society you know or are you just jumping straight into we're all airship pirates um, <laughs> and I think it's okay like anything else you know, there's good and bad out there and if you encounter something you don't like put it down and go look for something else. Exactly. You know, yes. Probably something exactly. better out
0: there. Exactly and, and Megan can you tell us a little bit more about Citizens of Antiford and what the world that you've created and i know i have the book and i told you i was geeking <laughs> out of the book um, it is phenomenal and you guys do a wonderful job well, thank you. Um, but can you tell me a little bit more about that and about the characters you've created and and maybe about your process
1: yeah um, so citizens of antiford um we're mainly based online on our website um, it's a free to join all you really need is an email and a name um, we're a community of steampunks that uh, focus all our writing and artwork on one individual world. That's not alternative history, so it's not based on Earth. We've built a whole new world, whole new planet, language, um, like DD sort of races, um, and we really work together to make a lot of short stories and incorporate other people's characters into our stories. And it's a very collaborative process, which is, I think is very unique, uh, not just in steampunk, but, you know, in fiction writing in general.
0: And so when you work on your specific stories, you said that there's a collaborative view, you have people read your stuff. Do they input their own stuff in? Do you work together to come to with the story yeah
1: um so we have three what we call founders um i'm one of the founders and then we have two others and we have sort of a canon process so there's a lot of silly stories that are like this is a uh tree house of horrors like oh no everybody dies because cthulhu comes out and eats everyone <laughs> um sort of stories um and there's a canon process so anything that you want to affect the timeline for everyone um is canonized, right? So it is saying, yes, this is a point in hi- our history, and people can build off of those stories knowing that that is a solidified story. So, for example, in our in our history, so Antiford is a country within this world that we built, and um, it's a technocracy, which means that generally people who are heads of industry are in positions of power which can get very complicated really quickly because some people who are heads of businesses do not always have the best interests in mind. So, um, and we have this sort of secretive government that these technocrats, they're not known by the public for their own safety. And, uh, one character decided to kill one off, (laughs) not knowing that he was a technocrat, mind you, but it became this whole thing and the government, um, of like lockdowns and how that affected other people's characters and what they were doing because we have say the sky pirates and um if all of the borders are closed off because there's a national state of emergency that like basically your president was killed um how does that affect your character and it's it's really interesting having these uh reaction type stories that build off with people's characters involved
0: I find that so fascinating because they could do something and then it could completely mess up which you might have had planned for the character as you are going through the beats. So that's Um, really neat.
1: We sort of call it like a Ouija board of (laughs) fan fiction. So we all write, it's sort of like fan fiction because it's all like, you know, you're writing based off of other people's works. But it's a Ouija board. So you're not, you're, it's sort of like, I'm going to tug this storyline this way, but somebody else is also working on something in another direction. So you sort of have to find um, compromises within your own work. So it's very interactive and interesting in a way that, um, like, traditional fanfiction isn't.
0: (laughs) Okay. So we just had Ladies' Con. And I know, Heather, you were there. And everybody was... Ooing and eyeing over her daughter <laughs> and how cute she was as Shira ra in her little homemade so costume it was yep. adorable um which we made together which was really
3: fun to bring her to her first comic book convention and making her first cause play together yeah. and
0: and i know how much work goes into festivals and conventions like this but we're let's talk about your respective groups and you know you all run your own festivals tell me about what you do what with your your respective groups. And what is your favorite part of doing festivals like this?
2: I've gotten to the age of realizing that this sort of fun stuff doesn't happen if somebody doesn't step up and do it. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so, Watch City's first event was in 2010. And I really started volunteering with it in 2011. Uh, just kind of working my way. I mean, not like I was I had ambitions to run the entire festival, <laughs> but uh, our sponsoring organization is a group called the downtown Waltham partnership who are not steampunks they're there to they're looking for reasons to give people a reason to come to Waltham uh and and see our fine downtown area and so I I work under their auspices uh but at this point I'm running it because it's busy it's exhausting uh I don't actually get to see very much of my festival which is why I like going to other people's festivals (laughs) because that's where I get to see what's going on and then I get sucked into volunteering my time there too. (laughs) It's it's called helium hand syndrome where your hand just keeps going up. No, stop it, stop it. Um and uh I'm sorry, I just want to That sounds like a steampunk
3: disease. Yeah, (laughs) steampunk
2: disease, helium hand, volunteerism. Um the 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 payoff is kind of seeing it all come together and people you know, there's always that morning that of, oh my god, is anybody going to come? Yes! Yes, people are showing up. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. The vendors are happy. The performers are happy. The the, the patrons seem to be happy. Uh, and it's like, okay, we did it.
0: <laughs> and I have to say, the Waltham Festival is so big. Like, there's mm-hmm. just a lot going on there, and it's so cool. And it it is also family-friendly, which I love. But, you know, it was really my first... Watch City was really my first experience with, like, Steampunk, and it was great, and you guys do an amazing job. How long do you sleep after that's over? Because you, yours runs a full weekend, right? It's not no, just one day. just Saturday. night. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's
2: a one-day event, and, yeah, there's not a lot of sleeping the night before, um, <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, usually, the, you know, the, well, well, actually, we do have come back on Sunday because we've got backup cleanup. Things yeah. have to be retrieved from wherever we left them the night before. and uh, But then usually you kind of take the summer off. So we just had our first meeting for 2020 a couple weeks ago. And I was like, oh, man, summer's over. I got to <laughs> think about it. Yeah, you have to wait for the amnesia to set in before Get you're me. ready to think about yeah. the next one. <laughs>
0: And, and I mean, it does take a lot of planning. I do know we, we took, we took this month off and I think we need in November to start doing 2020. Um, but, and, and it does, it takes a lot of work, a lot of behind the scenes work. And I don't think you can fully appreciate that unless you do it. Cause like even showing up today, you know, check-in was pretty flawless. It was easy to set up. Everyone was super accommodating and it takes a lot to get to this point where you have today. So I have to say it's, it's been super fun all right but at the same time like we know what work goes into it and how are you feeling today (laughs) Um, so I've been doing nothing except
3: this festival for the past two weeks um every day and night except when I'm at work and even on my lunch breaks um I've been eating lunch at my desk and emailing back and forth during my lunch breaks but um you know other other than that what you know what it takes is um a lot of communication both with um, I have, you know, Jewelry City is a 501c3 nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So I have a board too. So it's communicating with my board, it's communicating with the venues, it's communicating with programs. Um, I'm very luck- lucky in my board, we're a working board. Mm-hmm. So not only do we make appearances at everybody else's festival, but, um, you know, my two all stars, uh, Jen and Mort, Jen is our performer liaison, and Mort is our vendor liaison. So it's kind of like that is taken off of my shoulders mm-hmm. and I'm much more of like programming and making contacts and keeping relationships and mm-hmm. um that that kind of thing and, and more has been helping me a lot with um because I have a family and a full-time job um I don't have a lot of time other than you know sitting at home emailing so he you know he hits the streets and he's he got all of our sponsorships except for um any grant writing I do the grant writing so you know it's really Um, festivals are a collaboration a hundred percent and it's really about relationship building and um, you know the flawless check-in is us spending three hours Mm. via email and printing out things and writing letters and checking in with each other Mm. and it takes time and it takes um, real dedication to making sure that everyone's happy at the end of the day Mm. and one of the things that uh, I was publicly, uh, you know, being really freaked out about online was um, the weather because it was going to rain today <laughs> until about two days ago, and you know that's that's the one thing I can really show publicly. But you know, this festival concerns my, is a concern on my brain all the time, and making sure that it's um, that it goes well day of is something that all three of us strive for for months before it happens, and and. Seeing things go smoothly and hearing that it that it went smoothly is like, oh, okay. you did a good job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't think I've ever appeared anywhere where I got my own personalized agenda with like where I'm going to be throughout the day, and I. It's super helpful. I actually yeah. sat down and, like, wrote it out on a board and put it up in our area so that oh, wow. people knew where I would be. Um, but
2: I, I theoretically get contacted by other groups wanting to do steampunk mm-hmm. festivals. The first person ever to do so would, would have been Heather. <laughs> yep. But I've also heard from some place, like in Nebraska, they're just, like, asking us, like, how do we get started? And my usual answer is, you know, don't try to be the big festival your first time out. We've been doing this for 10 years to get mm-hmm. to where we are. You know, know what your resources are. What can you do within your resources? It's better to do a limited thing well than get overambitious and crash yeah. and burn. Because you will never get a second year if you can't pull off your first year. So, Citizens of Antiford recently did an event <laughs> I was about where to you say. upgraded from picnic to a, festival. a one-day festival. festival, which I thought you did it right, in my opinion. <laughs> is to You didn't try to go full watch so Yeah, you, just, you, you, you you worked your way up, and then next year you can do a little more, a little more, and you'll get there. Yeah.
0: And what caused Citizens of Antiford to make that leap? Um,
1: so, in the past, um, we've sort of done uh, some events called Mocken Bakken, Okay. Our in internal joke it's making bacon, uh, <laughs> bacon we make uh bacon chocolate chip cookies or um fokken which are the vegan version of these chocolate oh, okay. bacon, cookies. <laughs> yeah, <Fockenbocken>, or <laughs> mock and like mock. m-o-c tags <laughs> um and it was really it started off as a a group um like an event for us to have like a potluck come and have the whole group come together because our group um it's several states and we have some members that are international and whatnot so it's it's very rare that we have the whole group together and um we've been doing steampunk for 10 plus years (laughs) a long time um and um sort of seeing how the community within new england has uh come from you know we had specific conventions that were three days and very limited um for like really it was adults only and then that sort of waved into like a more uh watch city like festival sort of sort of events that it's one day outdoor family friendly events and whatnot and recently we we unfortunately saw a lot of of these festivals and conventions and stuff die Mm -hmm. and as members of the community it's really like you gotta if you want something to happen you have to step up and provide that so this was really our first year and in saying well let's make this event a little bigger invite people who are not just our group to come and experience steampunk and experience what Citizens of Antwerp has to offer and you know we have friends like Carnival who are here today at at Jewelry City um, who came up from New Jersey to come and and do their their like carny acts and stuff and we had um, like musician friends come in so it's like Tightening this community and being friends and providing entertainment and welcoming new people into the community was really important for us. So that's why we started making it be a more external ticketed sort of event.
0: And one of the things I kind of love is when we did the pan when I did the panel here back in June or mm-hmm. July, afterwards when we were like post and and you were talking with heather about like different steampunk festivals somewhere are you guys going yes like it's really wonderful that you support each other Mm -hmm. and that it seems like really good friendships have come out Mm -hmm. of all these festivals that you guys are organizing and it's so much fun and so we're gonna start wrapping up just a little um but what do you hope for the future of steampunk I know recently I've seen some articles going around, somebody writing about steampunk
2: is dead. Whatever happened to steampunk? Steampunk mutates. I think early steampunk was very online, very much part of the maker community, which is mm-hmm. not that it isn't still, but I think some people who are looking in the old places aren't seeing that steampunk you know, is at events now. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't imply it's only at events, but that you know, what steampunk is now is not necessarily was well 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is 10 years from now probably will not necessarily look like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And all of us will sit back and go, oh, the kids today are not doing it the way they know, Because the oldsters are doing that right now. So. <laughs> and, and that, that happens in, in every fandom that there is, <laughs> you know, those darn kids. Uh, so, but I think, it'll, you know, the aesthetic is still there. The aesthetic was there before; it'll still be there after. Uh, people will still mash things up. There are kind of other punks. There's diesel punk, which pushes a little more into kind of the you know mid the pulp era, World War II. Um, you know, so maybe one of the other punks will come to the fore. Uh, Atomic punk, where you really get into kind of the mid '50s. Uh, you know. Uh, we're all going to get nuked. kind of
1: <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> aesthetic. I don't know.
2: I, I like, I like the steampunk. I like the gears and the cogs and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and the frilly dresses. You know? <laughs> or, you know, uh, obviously Gilligan's Island was bamboo punk.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, you, know, you make pump. all the radios. You make everything yeah. out of bamboo yeah. and
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's your technology. Fill in the blank, punk. <laughs> yeah,
0: I love it.
3: I love it so much. I have I have hopes um, you know as as a third year festival creator um, that it'll just gain more popularity and become more mainstream more people will be introduced to it kids will start to get more into it and it'll um, you know it's already in every aspect of culture uh, and just more creation more um, more things I just want I just want more out there for people to experience steampunk because it is so much fun and um it is so creative and it's uh just something that people really like seeing here at a festival it's it's something that people really enjoy once they're they know what it is um so that's my hope for it is that it gains more popularity
1: yeah I, I definitely have that hope especially because festivals are sort of the new thing and it's very family friendly and children are getting into it and Hopefully they will stick with that because you know preteens, who knows what they're gonna do. Yeah. Um, but you're grow- gonna become real Cocoa punk, <laughs> mom, right? Um, that exists. Ooh, somebody did it. <laughs> I'm hoping that um, broke, the these it. kids, they they grow up really being in the steampunk community, that will eventually, you know, what are they gonna do? Are they going to start festivals themselves or conventions? Will conventions come back? Will it always be festivals? Will it go back online? Who knows? But honestly, steampunk's not going to go anywhere because a lot of people are dedicated to it. I mean, people have totally redone their entire houses in steampunk. So the aesthetic will always be there. It's just a question of what's going to happen to the community in you know,
0: 10, 20 years. And so while we're wrapping up, one of the things that I want to mention is that I don't know if it's the same for Watch City and the citizens of Antifort, but I do know that Jewelry City does have some pretty unique events throughout the year. Uh, you did the Cape Run Park, zoo, uh, gaming parade,
3: yeah. farmers market, <laughs> like that. That
0: was pretty cool, and I actually was really sad I couldn't come because I think I, my son was sick that weekend. Oh. We didn't want to drag him out, but like, do you do any other events during the year that are are unique to to your respective groups are kind of
2: related. We the the Watch These Steampunk Festival is closely affiliated with the Charles River Museum of Industry and Innovation in Waltham. And in, in December, they are having the Dickens Holiday Festival, oh, cool. which isn't steampunk, but it's it's Dickens, so it's kind of steampunk. It's, <laughs> it's a case of we all kind of work on each other's events, so it's not a steampunk event. But I'm going to be doing a uh, splendid teapot racing, which is an event that I run where uh, we attach teapots to remote-controlled cars and drive them through an obstacle course.
1: Which is uh, amazing.
2: And, and we will have a table there to uh, promote Watch City. We did a game day once, and I, I've been working on my collection of steampunk board games, and I would love to try to do a, a, a game day again sometime. But uh, in Connecticut, there's uh, Oddball Newt, which is a, another steampunk group, that uh, they have a 12-months-of-steampunk uh, program. They are trying to do something every month down there in Connecticut in wow. Norwalk and Manchester okay. and so look for them. Oddball Newt and uh, Silk
3: City Steampunk Silk
2: City, that's right. Silk City Steampunk uh, and they're trying to do some, you know, get together for tea or I think they were doing Halloween carols uh, this month <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh boy <laughs> Which I
3: think they're doing later today oh, okay, <laughs> maybe yeah, I misunderstood yeah. Maybe that's what yeah. they're doing here. No, they're doing both They're doing it a-
0: Okay, here they're doing time. it here? Yeah. They're going to carol around the vendor area?
3: Um, yes, on the third floor there's a balcony in oh. the <laughs> face lodge. I've got to make time so. to get up there because that <laughs>
0: sounds amazing.
3: Actually, as a group, um, all of the um, steampunk festivals and groups in New England um, gather together to create um, Steampunks of New England. And we do Boston Comic-Con as a big appearance. We run a booth. So um, that's something that we all get together and do. And it's um, the chatter around July and <laughs> August is quite active in our group about um, running that booth. So we'll be doing that again, hopefully, um, if we're invited back to Boston Comic-Con next year. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. We, we yeah.
2: had a booth on the floor, and we had uh, clothes you could dress up in and photo opportunities and uh, mm-hmm. information about all of our respective upcoming events.
0: Do you, gen- are you guys generally around, like, the Ghostbusters of New England and, and, and oh, those yeah. groups, yeah, five like, 501st, we five oh yeah. yeah, yeah, so that's cool, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's an example of a group that really goes all out, we're yeah, back. we had them at Ladies' Con, and mm-hmm. they came, and, uh, it was awesome, um, they brought they brought a little bag and like whenever kids got their pictures taken, they got to reach into the bag and pick mm-hmm. out like a oh, little, it was yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's no think about that yeah. next it was weekend. a lot, yeah. it, was, it was actually a lot of fun and my son got like this little R2-D2 that he could put together, like he could snap yeah. together himself yeah. Yeah. and that was, and that was like his afternoon after that, apparently, um, yeah. after left we left.
2: To for you guys don't, Yes, I have other events, but you have books that you
1: publish, games that you publish. Yeah. You have games
0: that you publish? Mm-hmm. You yeah. that you publish. Yes. We must talk later so, then.
1: Um, <laughs> just a little brief. So uh, we have one member who is very big into game design and whatnot. Um, he created an RPG Maker game, mm-hmm. which uh, RPG Maker, it's a little game. Uh, it's 25 plus hours of this game um, that you really explore our world. It's a pokemon S game that you ca- capture animals that are specific to our world, and you know, there's mob boss going and trading animals and stuff like that. It's really cute. Um, it's also free, so um, you can find that on our site, Um We have a little section for games on the top bar that you can do that. Um, we've also had uh, sponsored game jams at local colleges, so we go and provide them with inspiration and what to like, make their little mini uh, weekend game based on nice. ice. So we have a few of those out there as well.
0: How can our listeners find you online? You just mentioned citizensofantifer.com. Yeah. Um, do you have Twitter, Facebook? Um, We do have a Twitter. I don't know how active
1: we are on it. We are also on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, and then... Most of our members have uh, member-specific Instagrams, Twitters, Facebooks, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So. All with the character names. Yeah, all, yeah. The, all character the character names. names. So you can find me online as Abigail Beatrice Cormack. That's my character name. <laughs>
2: uh, watchcityfestival.com for the Watch City Festival. And also Watch City Punk Festival on Facebook. We have Twitter and Instagram where terrible at updating that <laughs> I, I need to be better about that uh, yeah most of our if you're looking for kind of updates and announcements i would highly recommend facebook or the main website
3: awesome yeah, and jewelry city is jewelry city steampunk um across most of our social media and our website we're jewelrycitysteampunk.com and on facebook and instagram and i think on twitter we are at jc steampunk <laughs>
0: I think you're right. Yeah.
3: Um, and we're trying to be more active with Twitter and Instagram, but we're historically more active on Facebook. And especially if you want to see pictures from today, check us out in a week or two. I'm not sure
0: when the podcast is going up, but yeah, hopefully we'll be longer. up by then. Um, so it is JC Steampunk. Mm-hmm. I've been posting to you guys as well, <laughs> as I've been preparing for coming here. Any other events that are coming up that our listeners can attend. So um, you might want to watch
3: uh, Jewelry City Facebook, where are am um, going to be applying for some grants for some secret projects um, for maybe Ooh. 2020. Um, I can't reveal anything yet because we haven't gotten the grant yet, because um, I'm still <laughs> writing it. So um, once that is approved, um, we may not be doing six months of steampunk next year, um, which we stole from Oddball News, So thank you so much, Oddball. <laughs> um, but we uh, might be doing something um, more concentrated in a shorter period of time, but um, Um, bigger so um, look for that on our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram
1: I was going to say um, the New England steampunks Facebook group is a great way to reach out to not just us but to other steampunks and to find out about events and local meetups and Etc. It's a great resource if you have Facebook.
2: <laughs> and uh, next up for Watch City, our applications for performers, vendors, and community groups opens up first of November. Nice. Oh. Oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's soon. It's coming. We're working on it. Oh God. And if you know any mad scientists or at least moderately annoyed tinkerers, we are doing our second Mad Science Expo, where we invite people to bring their contraptions. Uh, they don't have to actually do what they claim to do. They just have to look like they might do it. And uh, we did this earlier this year, back in May, and uh, it went really well. People brought in these fantastic-looking things and then gave wonderful explanations of what they would do. And it was great, and we're going to try that again. So uh, please look at our website, WatchCityFestival.com, and click on For Science <laughs> Um learn more about that.
0: Is that all ages, or is it – is there a kid's it's version his... We had a kid last
2: year who who yeah. had his – he had a whole explanation of what his contraption would yeah, do. It, like, it was
1: like it took this exotic bird to make like the essence of life. It like distilled it. It was so interesting. And he had a very elaborate explanation. <laughs> yeah. I was
0: like, I'm into this kid. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. All right. So I would like to thank Heather, Melissa, and Megan for joining me today. This has been awesome. Uh congratulations on all of your achievements, even from being in the panel in July, June, July, and 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 leading up to this, and doing all my research, you guys are amazing. So, good luck with everything, and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank
2: you, thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Hi, everyone. Valerie here. And on behalf of all of the Ladies of Kamikaze, we'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard and you're interested in checking out more of our content, you can visit us online at ladiesofkamikaze.com. There you can read our blog, sign up for our newsletter. And if you're in the Boston area, learn how you can join us for our various events, including LadiesCon. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again, and hope you join us next time.